0: girl, Mocha Jasmine Johnson, and I'm doing my first podcast series. Um, could you introduce yourself? I'm here with two lovely young career women, Women in Action, Above and Beyond, so go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Um, my name is Star Farrington, and I will be graduating next week from the School of Social Work at the University of Georgia, nice. and I am also a board member on the Anti Discrimination.
0: All right, and who else do we have here? I am Adrienne Chappelle. I am actually retired
2: from my career of 29 years, and now I am full time doing my business. Charlize is head on inspired. Okay, you don't look retired, you
0: look good. I'm retired. Thank you (laughs) very (laughs) much. I mean, I got a little bit early. Just a little bit. Just a little bit challenges you face as a career woman in the 21st century because things are certainly different for us
2: well for me in the business world um i have been at the same job for 29 years and in that time there was it was hard um in my in my career to move ahead to move up but um i found that i was in a really really good place and i didn't have you know, the discrimination issues or, you know, feeling um, like I was less than or, you know, put into any kind of situation. So, I've had a good, a good career.
0: Okay. What is it
2: that you do? What did you do for 29 years? Um, I worked for the USDA federal government.
0: Okay. So, the USDA is the food you regulate? Well, food is under that
2: umbrella, but I worked for rural development. Mm -hmm. So, Real Development um, helps kind of in the way that the Athens Land Trust does, Mm -hmm. um, where they help people get homes, low-income families. Mm -hmm. Um, They build or they buy pre-existing homes. Mm -hmm. Um, They also do business loans Mm -hmm. um, for individuals trying to start out. Mm -hmm. It kind of works the same way, in a way, as SBA with the the loans. They do community um, facilities, Mm -hmm. which, Helps to provide water um, systems for communities. Mm -hmm. Um, They do they do lots of things. They they do parts of STEM STEM program. I think Mm -hmm. they they added to that, but they help with that project as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I mean, I've just had a good career. That's a good organization to work for because they do a lot of good. I like I like what they do. So my role in it was, and when I retired was to inspect and oversee apartment complexes that we financed. Mm -hmm. So people, again, in low income uh, categories um, could move to um, properties that we um, financed, but it had to be in rural areas. So we tried to build up communities um, that are outside metropolitan areas. And so I would go and inspect and make sure that the families had decent, safe and sanitary housing.
0: And so, um, do you have? Did you have to have like a degree in real estate, or you just got into it? Um, How did get go? I wasn't young, in my
2: opinion, young. But I started in 1989, mm-hmm. and um, they work in grade levels. Um, I didn't have a degree, mm-hmm. but I was able to go in um, as a grade three, mm-hmm. which was a lot of money back then. Um, more than I could get, which is why I stayed there so long, because the money was really, you know, good and better than the um, outside. Mm-hmm. And so over time, I was able to go from a 3 to a 12. Wow. And that was significant to a female who
0: didn't yeah. have a degree. That's what I was about mm-hmm. to say. So what advice would you give to other women that... um might not have a degree because mm-hmm. you know it can be difficult to yes. move upper yes. level and right. move up through the ranks, Right. what advice would you give a, a, a woman out here, you might not have your degree, you have family, you can't go back to school, Right. what would you tell them to kind of do what you did if possible? Well, I can tell you exactly
2: what I did because it was intentional. I didn't know where I was going to end up, but I knew that I did not want to stay where I was. I, where I started, I started working when I was 12, mm-hmm. and I used to cut grass. My neighbor told me um, that if I cut his grass any you can get $5. Well, I waited for the grass to grow, and then I go cut his grass, right? Well, my dad said to me one day, he said, did you cut the grass? And I'm like, no. He said, well, didn't Mr. Woods tell you that every time you cut the grass, you'd get $5? Okay. <laughs> so that just makes yeah. you work more. Yeah. That was my whole mindset the whole time. I didn't realize what that said to me, mm-hmm. but it's to keep working, work more, mm-hmm. and move up. Mm-hmm. So when I um, I started a, a, a car hop, you know what that is? No. So if you watch Happy Days from way back, there mm-hmm. was a restaurant or a pull up to Oh, so that's the car. And, like yeah, thing. but there was a machine right there, you can place your order. Mm-hmm. Well I would take the orders out. Mm-hmm. That was like my first real job after cutting grass. Mm-hmm. Then um, you know, I was just finding things. I joined a um, class in the school um, called DCA, it was distributed education, which meant that you would work half the day mm-hmm. and then you go to school half the day. So I had to compete with one of the other students at a men's clothing store. That was where, you know, they was set up for us to go. And I got the job and she did not. We were standing there doing the interview together. So it kind of helped me know that I had something to offer that people wanted. Okay. So I trusted myself that every time I got a job, I was gonna try to move up mm-hmm. somehow. And that's what I did. Yeah. I ended up at the IRS on a seasonal basis. And I thought I had made it, but I only worked like a week. But I was in with the USDA. That got my foot into the door. And I went to um, the unemployment office, mm-hmm. which is how I got that job. Okay. And they told me how to classify myself because I'm thinking all I did was cash registers or black money. I don't have an education, but they placed me mm-hmm. in a category that got me a permanent job. Mm-hmm. I researched. Because you can use, this is what I can say to help people, whatever skill you have, if it's working in the cash, on a cash register, that is a significant um, skill. Mm-hmm. Because you can do tin t- key punch, which mm-hmm. is what they told me I could do. That's how I got to the IRS, because I was able to count on a tin key pad, because mm-hmm. that's what they had at restaurants. So you can classify your own self. You can find what is equivalent in the workforce, according to what you do, I mean, you can find that. Did you know that? There's a book in the library that can classify whatever skill you have. It is digging ditches. They can make that sound better. Yeah, they just. It <laughs> just digging ditches. Digging, ditches, digging ditches. I'm just saying whatever it is. And I didn't know that, but it, it was it was like 1989 when I found that out. I told everybody, don't don't limit your thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you have the confidence in yourself and you know that you can do more, mm-hmm. you've got to Push. work in that way, and that's all I did. And I remember my husband saying um, to me, and I guess it used to be a fact, mm-hmm. that you can't shop and expect to get hired because people look at your longevity on a job. Mm-hmm. But every time I went to another job or put in another application and it said, why did you leave your previous job? And it was always to advance. Mm-hmm. It was always to make more money to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. It was always because I believe I can do this job. Right. I mean, that's the way I taught. Right. Um, so I just think it's confidence in yourself, mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. that you are worth more. It doesn't matter that you don't have the education. It would be good to have it, but everybody that has an education does not have a job.
0: Right.
2: I mean, that is so... Yeah, that's true. It's so Yeah, true. we, we, we see that a lot. And everybody who has, has a degree good. can't you know, make the money that they need. Right. It just doesn't always work that yeah. way. So you have to just use what you have, you know, and show your best self. Okay. That's what I think.
0: All right. So, Star, tell me about yourself, your career, and the challenges you have faced as a career woman and student. Oh. <laughs> that is a
1: student. I was, like, a moderator within my program. Mm Okay. Um, so I've been working since I was about 16. I guess you could say 13 because I babysat. I feel like everybody babysat, right? Everybody in their job. Mm -hmm. So about 16 is my first experience with, like, being at an actual job, getting an actual little paper check. I think I made, like, 525, and then it went up to 7-something. I don't know. Um, but I've always been an outspoken person. Like, always. I mean, since birth. I mean, I was four weeks late, and that's... You born at 40, morning. and I was born at 44. Whoa. Ah, so I've always done things the way I saw fit. Um, <laughs> but I don't ever think that I've done said things to hurt other people. I've always done things to advocate for other people. And the reason I said that I was a martyr within my program, it was just definitely because I saw things instantly that I thought that were very inappropriate, and I said them. Mm-hmm. Now I made some people cry or whatever, but you know what? It was the truth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people at the beginning didn't think that it was the truth until recent events started happening within our whole... Events always had been happening in our two-year program, but things really came to a full head, and it was just like, Oh, is that what you were saying? Actually, you're not a bad person. You've been mm-hmm. telling the truth the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just definitely think that being in a workplace and standing on your truth is sometimes can be very difficult mm-hmm. because there's going to be a lot of people who they don't believe in it. They don't see the vision or they see things later. And so you're quite frankly ostracized for those things. And I've been through those experiences. I've been through experiences where you know, like, things always come on the back end, very rarely on the front end. I've gotten into it with friends, um, just a whole host of things, because I think that there's a right there's a right and a wrong way to do things, but I definitely know that I'm super grateful for professors that I've had over the last few years, relationships with, relationship with you, relationships with other people, um, even within the community, to learn that approach things with curiosity and to filter things out before I say it. Um, and, now, and, and arguably so, sometimes you just got to get real cutthroat. Mm-hmm. But then some things you got to just see like, all right, where does it stand? But just never using my heart to advocate for others. Mm-hmm. And one of my classmates told me yesterday, which I didn't know, but she said things happen on the back And she said, She was actually grateful that I was a vocal person within our program, because even though she's a quiet person, it helped her to advocate for herself, Mm -hmm. as well as to be able, when she did that, and it worked, she was able to help another student. And so she was just saying, like, I'm glad you
0: have a loud mouth. Like, keep being loud. Because it actually helps us that don't. So let me ask you this, because as a as an activist in the community, that's something you get the name of being a troublemaker. Yes, um, yes. you feel uncomfortable because you're the one that's speaking out or you're pointing this out, and yeah. people are like, "Be quiet." Right. Yeah. yeah. That has been a tough place. Like you said, you feel ostracized, you feel like you're the only one on this island. Yeah. How do you I mean I think that's a strong character to have, and she's always been one of those one on the organization that she speaks the truth, it's like, oh, or I'll be like, oh, I'm starved. <laughs> Maybe not right now. Somebody gonna cry. But um, outside of all of that, what advice would you give to others that should speak out, even when um, it's uncomfortable? Because I always say, don't just stand by, and watch someone be victimized, you're you're Mm -hmm. part of that too. And people be like, but I don't know how, like how do I speak out because it's uncomfortable? What advice would you give? Oh,
1: I mean, it was, I always be you, know your truth. And I feel as though if you are a person who's spiritual, you're a person who taps into your higher power. Mm-hmm. Tap into that as your audience, not the people around you necessarily. Mm-hmm.
2: Like it, a yeah, I like that. Voice. I like that. I really Cause like I, that.
1: Because I've had to learn that a lot of people are not gonna like you because they don't like themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not going to. A lot of people are not going to say, yeah, show sure, you right, I got your back, because you can't have somebody's back if you don't even know where your stance is in life. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is if you stand for something, it's that ideal that If you stand for everything, you'll fall for everything. Mm -hmm. So you have to believe in the things that you are saying. Mm -hmm. And like I said, with this new approach of being able to still be a loud mouth and be that person Mm -hmm. to advocate for other people, just now you got people watching you. Mm -hmm. I never knew I had people watching me until this woman said this to me yesterday. Um, You know, it was very hard. I had to go to therapy Mm -hmm. because I felt like I was not a part of an in-group. But like what was the, the experience. What was the, But what but I realized something and I saw a meme today on social media it said before you diagnose you yourself as depressed or anxious, just see if you're around a bunch of egg And I
0: just <laughs> I might oh, be right. yeah. But I thought to myself, I said,
1: Oh my gosh, what a moment of reflection. Because I've been having a lot of those now, but like what is that little piece right there? It's like Wait, I went and I was about to be given medication. Mm-hmm. I was crying, not eating, not sleeping. But the thing is, is I was like, who, who was I around? Mm-hmm. Who who was I around? You know, and I, and I think I had a, there was an issue, something went on and people wanted to, you know, go after a professor's neck. And I said, not on my watch, mm-hmm. not on my watch. Next thing you know, is other black students. Not on my watch either. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Not speak on my up, watch. Speak up! Speak up! Because it it's
0: uncomfortable.
1: It, 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 you know what? It is very uncomfortable. It, it is the most uncomfortable thing ever. I think it is truly uncomfortable. But I think that there's a confidence to the being uncomfortable because you, say, because you say it. You yeah, say it. That's is really true. True. Because everybody's not going to do the snaps, everybody's not do rise, just clap. but can you clap for yourself? That was the first time I got home and I said, well, oh God, I said something. I mean, it can go this way, it can go that way, but I said it and I prayed about it and I went on to bed the next morning and woke <laughs> up with some text messages, I mean, some emails that were blew my mind because I thought it was going to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just also think that as being a, being a black woman, Mm-hmm. I take pride in being who I am. I try to instill that pride into other women. And, um, I try to tell people who they are, but um, not in a way of like, you are this person, but try to just give something to somebody else. But you know, it's often when you do have a big mouth, you also don't get that in return a lot. Mm-hmm. And my professor, I love her so much, she says, when you are a person who sticks your neck out, always know you're going to get it chopped off repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Every time you stick it out, just know it's going to, you have the potential to get it chopped mm-hmm. off. And so that's why I'm grateful. This has been a tough experience, but more than anything, I have been grateful. I have been grateful to stand up and speak to people at my um, past internship. I think it was a pretty dope experience. And it was a dope experience getting to know a man who lived in the middle of Jim Crow era. Mm-hmm. I learned so much from him, and I would tell him, I learned so much from you. He's like, no, I learned from you. Mm-hmm. That I had to, you know, introspect myself, look at myself. And I said, well, dang, I was just taking it as, at least I get to hear literally how something was. and so. By me standing up, I know what exactly I'm standing up for. it's not not even in the books anymore. It's not even in the video anymore. This is literally. And I just think that that's just something we have to do. I don't know what I'm going to be, but I know I'm always going to be an advocate. I'm always going to be a social worker. I'm always going to fight for those who can't fight for themselves. I've been doing it. I will continue to do it. It hurts. It stinks. It's horrible. You second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. I just exactly, I have thought I was the least smartest woman in the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, why can't you just shut your mouth? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like why can't you literally raise your hand in class? I was like, well, no, okay. I'm excuse I'm me, I'm <laughs> <laughs> like uh, but you know what? when my professor told me the other day that I was awarded the student of the year.
0: Yes, she was.
1: Mm-hmm. was she said it was because you need to check your audience. Yeah, yeah. Check your audience. Yeah. And I said, dang. And then I saw that meme, and I was like, this is what she's saying, check my audience. Yeah, yeah. Because I could be talking to a bunch of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm so glad that it's over, but I know that it's never going to be over because mm-hmm. I'm never going to shut my mouth. So, wow. That's a God-given gift. You yeah, I do. He you got to let that out, too. Yeah. But I Lord. Why? Why? But go ahead and say something. Because
0: I definitely do pray before I open my mouth. I need people to know that. I do pray. <laughs> <laughs> Please help me, Lord. Help I me. Mean, I mean, I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel people would... I'm very social, so people think that, oh, she's social, and mm-hmm. but... In, in all actuality there's times that I feel alone yes. that I am um, I I'm, don't I'm fit in yep. so I don't have a group of, I'm not the girl with the cliques and the groups and the friends and this and that because I'm like um you know I might say something or I'm just I'm not trying to be rude I'm just trying to be real okay let me just go back over here on my island you know type thing so to hear her say that and it's like we've been around each other. It's like, wow, she's actually felt that same way too, you know? And the thing is, is the worst thing is to be alone
1: amongst a group of people. So, like, I, and so I've tried to adapt to being alone because I am the social person. I am the, beauty. I am the funny person. I am the person that gets the party started, but that's it. I am the person who suffers from loneliness. I am the person who is. Trying to reflect and do different things to not feel that in such a way and to know that maybe even in that loneliness, always knowing that I'm never alone. Alone, yeah. Sometimes you have to snap yourself out of that. Yeah, yeah I mean,
2: I have done uh, that, especially I've noticed it since I retired, and that was in January. Mm-hmm. Um, I do live alone, I have a dog. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I talk to people, you know, I do uh, what I plan to do, but still there's this inner loneliness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what will fulfill it. There's, you know, certain people that affect you differently. So mm-hmm. you call a certain person that, that may help you just snap out of it mm-hmm. and it yeah. for a while. Yeah. You know, and I think that is one of my problems that um, I started to regress into myself after mm-hmm. I retired. Because mm-hmm. I had a plan to do, you know, my business. I really wanted to, to make it grow and do what it does, mm-hmm. right? But that took me out of seeing people on a regular basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what triggered that feeling for me to recognize it. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I came here was so I could interact up some people that had something to say. Yes. Because I feel like when I do go out, I'm not like the party. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens until I get there. People yeah. Won't
0: yeah. Have yeah. The time because I'm Are you a Gemini too? I'm a Libra. You're a Libra, okay. I mean, yeah. and, um, mm.
2: and so I, my, I, my I know that I have to create outlets for myself you mm-hmm. know, to to combat that lonely feeling because that's all things I've changed. Mm-hmm. You've been going through school. Mm-hmm. Things have changed for you. You're about to make another life change life. life changes can bring With up certain emotions, emotions or feelings that like you you know you haven't had before. And yeah. so instead of medicating and going to the doctor, we, you know, and asking yeah. you know, I mean, there are things that we can do ourselves mm-hmm. to, to come I Yes. And I have I learned that. Yes. So, yeah. So, but everybody I think, for things we cover up a lot as women.
1: When you have such an aura around you, how you are immediately up against the light.
2: <laughs> when you
1: walk in, it's automatic. Mm-hmm. The way you speak, it's yes. automatic. Mm-hmm. So my voice, it's automatic. So some people are fired up. They like cling to it. And right. then also there's people who are, something my sister has told me, she says, I've always noticed this about you in relationships with people. Mm-hmm. People always got to be nasty to you first. Before they
2: know you. Mm-hmm.
1: Before they know you. She mm-hmm. said, but I'm realizing is because they're afraid that you won't accept them. Because of who you are and what you present and what you get out mm-hmm. She said, my sister said, she hates going places with me. She said, she hates going shopping with me. She hates doing anything with me because it's people just attached to me. <laughs> and she said, it's just so annoying. But, you know, she's a little sister. But she's saying, and, and she said, you have got to find joy.
0: Mm-hmm. Joy in that. Yeah. Find the joy, joy in you. Out there in this professional world, do you think that men and women are treated equally? No, not quite like that. No. Do you think that there's still issues in that? That women have fought for so much? We can vote, we can do all these things. We get, we get paid, we can get certain jobs, but how can we balance that part out? Mm-mm. I don't know how to balance it. But I know in certain situations,
2: it's men over women. Yeah. yeah, like if you go to get your car that's still a problem. But for jobs, mm-hmm. it's turned the the way around, especially for women, because I think the society in general fears are by men. Like,
0: So you said it's the reverse mm-hmm. as far as you feel like um, more women are getting hired now. Yes. Okay, so elaborate on that. Well, there's a push for it for one,
2: even in the government. You mm-hmm. like women can get small business loans and. They're pushing it, so it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, women are more acceptable to be the nicer white people. Yeah. Yeah. Than yeah. men, Because is the at that is being something else. Right. And it's fear that it has permeated the whole country. Mm-hmm. Probably, I don't know how far it reaches, I don't know any place that doesn't have that because mm-hmm. of the news you see is it, totally, you know, uneven. Mm-hmm. Um, women are, you know, chiefs
1: of polices, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. you know, that they have all these bad
1: situations going on. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but in general, to me, um, women are just a nicer presenting <laughs> of the Black, you know, yeah, race. Yeah. They just are accepted. So, So yes. yeah, they're moving up. They i probably because of that.
1: Well, and another thing to piggyback off mm-hmm. of that, you have, there's research done that more African-American women go on to get degrees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we also know why they need yes. to get a degree, because they have a high rate of men. Where are they? They're incarcerated. That's mm-hmm. Black women are, black women are the ones who are in charge of families. Mm-hmm. Then there is more matriarchs than there will ever be patriarchs in the mm-hmm. black community. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of things ride on us. So black women are having to take care of their aging parents, they're having to take care of their yeah. cousin Hooky's kids, they have to take care of their brother's kids, they're having to take And of that's how there is this reverse yeah. But then the thing is, is the women in the court, black women in the corporate world are having to kind of, in a lot of ways, dumb themselves down Mm -hmm. to become more palatable for the people that they are working for. So you can be cutthroat, and you can be that CEO, you can be that chief of police, you can be that, but you still have a role that you must play. And I think that for a lot of women, I think of myself, And people often told me they could see me in charge of things, Mm -hmm. but people know, of course, I have things to learn. But those are the things that I would have to learn in order to keep charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there is this again, this role, this idea of who they are. And Typically, those are also still women who are not married, mm-hmm. or yeah, there are women true. who are married outside of their race. I've had it said, I mean, how many degrees are you gonna get? Is it gonna keep you warm? These are the things that women who are even above me still have to deal with. Yeah. So, we are Still do things on our own mm-hmm. um, which is a sad factor and then there still comes back to that isolation that loneliness high rates of depression and anxiety being overwhelmed being having to see a therapist having to do all of this because you have so much riding on your back and so I think that it is definitely Oh, it fires me up when I see a black woman that's in charge, mm-hmm. or woman, any woman of color that's in charge. But we also cannot mean I hate to think that them being in charge is easy because it's like the hardest thing. Yeah. Well,
2: you hear more. I've heard more in the workplace that it's harder to work for a black female.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, woman. I've heard that. Probably I've heard that. The question.
2: We're not, that's me. not really our role. I'm not saying that we cannot, cannot do it right. by nature.
0: It's a lot of expectations. It's a lot of expectations. Yeah. You try
2: to live up to, to those expectations. Yeah, is the reason why it's hard to work for a woman. That's why. It's not because of who she is. Mm-hmm. It's because
0: of the situation. The, the, the responsibility, responsibility and, and expectations and, and her level. trying to meet those expectations. And all these other people who wish they had that position. That, and that gives you
2: hell. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no cause I, cause I, that makes me
1: think of when I was a juvenile probation officer and I had a caseload. And my caseload at the time when I was maybe having 20 something children. Those were my babies, though. Those were my babies. And I had a co worker who could never understand why I always had something going on. Because this person didn't go to school today. This person didn't eat today. This person didn't do this today. This person didn't do this. I oh, got so much going on. and she went to have mediation, because she took it so personal. Huh? And
0: then she said, and then she said, I
2: feel like the
1: joy. I'm not joking. You I don't think you should have ever had, had a problem with, with her. What The woman was busy,
2: and if you couldn't like, offer anything. Help. <laughs> <something>. what were <laughs> you doing? Oh, my God. I'm not so much like, what were
1: you doing? But like you said, it's harder to work under us, Look like us. They're going to send an yeah. email one way, you going to give them an answer, they're going to send it a second way, you're going to give them another answer, they're going to send it a third way, and then you're going to be like, What did I just say? So we have
0: so many things here, we're not automatically
1: believed. We're automatically, if someone runs and complains, it was automatically that like we did have the bad attitude, it was automatically this, it was automatically that. There is that pressure. Oh, wow. Are thing that you don't know? ten and you're talking about
0: mm-hmm. and if my professor's have doctors. Mm-hmm. and you're more
1: higher than some people. People who are making good money because people people making good money, people doing good research, people doing things out of mm-hmm. the community. And it's, she doesn't know. She she gave me this. Grade, she could never give you a grade. That's what she uh.
0: Right, 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 right. So right.
1: see, it's just so many different okay. things, and, and, and it's the history on a campus that typically African American professors do get lower evaluation mm-hmm. scores mm-hmm. because of who is evaluating them. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is um. when we, <laughs> like mm-hmm. TDJs always say, new levels, new devils. It's like, no matter how. Yes, w, may yeah. have a doctor, it mm-hmm. may have whatever, but there's always going to be new devils
2: everywhere. Yeah, because uh, our mobility is different. They
0: just hate it. They Because hey. you have made it yeah. to yeah. somewhere they have not gotten. Yeah. But it's, it's just Thomas
2: saying, Hate on yeah. me, Amy. Yeah, it's ain't tough because, because I'm happy with myself. myself. Uh-huh. In, in my uh, agency, mm-hmm. when I was promoted, oh, they gave me that job, didn't they? Maybe when you do that job as you was before, I applied for that job.